Psalm chapter number 40. Psalm chapter number 40. It is my intention tonight to preach for 20 minutes. But because you have a bad attitude, I'm not going to do it. That's my intention, but I've had a lot of good intentions in my life. Psalm chapter 40, starting in verse number 1, I will read out loud. You follow along with me, would you please? In your King James Bible, if I read it correctly, which my wife and other people have questioned, do I really use a King James Bible? I really do. I just don't always read the way I should. Psalm chapter 40, verse number 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed be the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turneth aside to lies. Father, thank you for the Bible. I ask you to bless us tonight. Thank you for this time of almost like a family getting together. You're our elder brother. Our father is in heaven watching. And we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be a part of your family. Now help us, please. Thank you for the unity. Thank you for the spirit, the atmosphere that you have allowed us to have here. You taught us how to do that. I pray that tonight we'll have a great time together in the word of God, in singing together, in fellowshipping together, and then all the children and all of us having a good time together. Thank you, Lord, for being so kind and loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Sometimes it's easy to ask yourself why the hurting you so deep inside and it seems like you've lost your reason for life hear what I'm saying take my advice don't give up you're not walking alone God stands right there beside you He's been there all along, and he knows every tear that you've cried, and he knows the answers to why. Only God knows how your broken heart fits in his master. Just when you think your world is falling apart, you find he's holding your world in his hands. Why must the sparrow fall to the ground? I don't know, but I know that God sees. It's beyond my. 
Just when you think your world is falling apart, you find he's holding your world in his hands. Why must the sparrow fall to the ground? I don't know, but I know. Psalm chapter 40, please. Psalm chapter number 40. Right in the middle of your Bible. Psalm chapter number 40. If you will turn there, please. Psalm chapter number 40. I want to talk to you tonight about why Christianity doesn't work for some. Why Christianity does not work for some. I know that sounds ridiculous. Oh, come on, preacher. Uh, Salvation works for everybody. Yeah, but the question is Christianity. It just doesn't seem like it works for everybody. One should be saved, and I agree that everybody should be, and I believe salvation means everybody can. The Bible said, let whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. So God invites everybody. Anybody that will, God invites them to come to him. The Bible said, God so loved the world, the whole world. God said, I want everybody to come to me. I love everybody. That's why I died for you. And so God invites everyone there. Salvation in itself is for everyone and will work for everyone because we have nothing to do with the finished work. The work was done by him, so it will work. If we had anything to do with it, then salvation may not work. But we didn't have anything to do with salvation. We just accepted the plan of salvation. The Bible teaches me, teaches us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. And it's a gift of God, not of works, not of works, lest any man should boast. God says, all because of me. You accept it, and I will give it to you. And that's the way God planned it. We, when we were unsaved, simply accepted God's finished work of salvation. And that's how we got saved. 
God did all the work. We accepted what he did based upon his death, burial, and resurrection. We accepted that. We acknowledged. We're, that's what repentance is, a change of mind. Not just change of mind about the trees or about the moon, but in particular, I believe, is about you as a sinner and Jesus as the Savior. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If one does not call upon Jesus Christ, even in other languages, it doesn't make any difference what the language may say. If it's not Jesus, you're not saved. Ali cannot save you. The priest cannot save you. Your mom and dad cannot save you. I cannot save you. Nobody can save you. There's one way into heaven, and that door is Jesus Christ. However, all of this, it seems to be somewhat confusing because we as sinners, Jesus becomes our Savior, our Savior. Now we have to live the Christian life. And I said, why Christianity? Remember, I am a firm believer that a lot of people are saved, but they're not living like a Christian. We tend to believe that's synonymous. If I'm saved, I'm a Christian. No, Christian means Christ-like. Saved means your sins have been forgiven. Anybody can have their sins forgiven, but not everybody is living like a Christian. But the living the Christian life, getting the full benefits out of everything that God intended for you to have, all of those things, making it work for you in your everyday life, if you would, just doesn't seem to work for some people. It just doesn't seem to work. Let me illustrate here. You look at all the confessed Christians that you know and act, and, and, and that are not living for Jesus Christ. Now just let your mind drift for a moment, not, not to bring you down, but just think about it. I know this person, they're no longer in church. That person there said they don't believe in the Bible anymore. That person, and at one time they were. So by their very life, it appears as though Christianity didn't work for them. I mean, it looks that way. To the world, they look at it that way. It just doesn't seem to work. For the most part, it seems to work for several reasons. As long as it makes sense, it'll work. Now, this is kind of the way we go about it. As long as it's not too much out of the ordinary that's required of me, yes, Christianity will work. Things go pretty much the way I think they should, Christianity will work. Thus, when Christian life does not act the way we believe it should, therefore, when we no longer think it's fair, therefore, when the bed of roses tends to have hidden thorns in it, when all these things start happening to us, Christianity just doesn't seem to work for us. And we walk away. You can't walk away from salvation. That's eternal. And it had nothing to do with you. You accepted it. But the Christian life, that is you. Look in Psalm chapter 40, verse number 1. Why Christianity does not work for some? Number 1, they will not wait patiently on God. They will not wait patiently on God. See what he says here in verse number 40? Uh, chapter, verse number one, verse four, I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently. We, especially as American Christians, are so spoiled. So spoiled, it must be changed now. I can't go through much more. It has to stop now. I can't take any more of this. You know something? I think I'll just try something else. American Christians are so impatient. One of the things they warned us about when we went to Ghana, the pastor there said, now preacher, listen, this isn't America. Everybody kind of moves at a different pace than most people in America do. Boy, isn't that the truth. Nobody's in a hurry. I've never heard so many horns beep and people just ignore it and go right on. In America, you shoot each other. We have no patience for anybody. No, I don't care if it's a grandma and a grandpa and they can barely breathe. Get out of the way. What are you doing on the freeway to begin with? That's just the way that we are. 
So as long as the waters are sort of calm, as long as God is good that way, being a Christian really works. Look at my life. But the problem is, is when the winds pick up, when the waves begin to come into the ship, when we begin to look at life and, and, and storms start to arise, and in our mind, this is unfair, this is uncalled for, this can't be of Christ. Why would he let something like this happen to me? And then we find out Christianity doesn't work for some people. Waited patiently. You know what that means? Don't change. By the way, it also means this. What We think patient means just stand there and take it. That is not what biblical patience is talking about. Biblical patience means keep inching forward into the wind. Just, just keep heading forward. It doesn't make any difference how little progress you think you're making. Patience isn't doing this and standing and just taking all you can. It means to actually lean into the wind. Lean into it. Just keep your best of moving forward as best you can. This is the patience that we need about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You can trust him. When storms arise, when winds begin to blow, when things aren't going the way you think they should, do you understand we're finite, he's infinite? Do you understand we're human flesh and he's God Almighty? Do we understand these things? Look up here. We've seen children before. Hi. How are you? And so what we have here, you have to understand God can be trusted. A large part of our problem is we run into things we don't understand, we don't like, it doesn't make sense to us, and we stop trusting almighty, infinite, know-everything, powerful God because it doesn't make sense to us. Why would God do this? Why would God allow me to be hurt? I'm his pet. Patiently means to lean into it. I made fun there. Stay put. Bear it. The Bible teaches me that God shall not tempt you above what you are able but will with every temptation make a way of escape. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there that you may bear it. He didn't say get from underneath of it. He said if you will allow me, the way you bear that is include him underneath the problem. Will with the temptation. Will with the temptation. Not take it away so everything will be good. No, he said, I'm going to, you invite me underneath there with you, and you'll be able to bear up underneath that load. So what happens here, wait patiently for the Lord. A lot of Christians won't do that anymore. So because of that, to them, to look at them, to hear them, Christianity didn't work for them. Look at verse number one, the second part of there. He heard my cry. Preacher, how long do I have to be patient till you're absolutely sure God heard you? Now, when you make statements like, uh, even the Bible does. He said, uh, search after God's face. What in the world does that mean? I'm not going to bear it. Forget it. Search after God's face. His presence. Are you, he's in heaven. I'm down here. How am I going to search for his presence? Right? Wait on the Lord. Is he out? I mean, I'm not trying to make fun. Where's he at? Isn't he everywhere all the time? Why do I have to wait on the Lord? For example, if you are in Anchor Baptist Church or a church like this and trouble comes in your life and you leave, you did not hear from God. You know why? You had no reason to leave. God never moves without purpose or plan. Remember the song? So what happens here is this, too many Christians making decisions in their life during troubled times without any prayer and without waiting on the Lord. So they turn to what they have always trusted in and what they know they can trust in, and that is their own way making things work themselves, thus telling everybody else 
Christianity did not work. Christianity did not work. So they turned to that. During these no answer waiting times, we begin to reason. This can't be right. The Lord wouldn't do something like this. Like he's explained everything to us and we understand it. This isn't fair. What kind of Christianity is this anyway? The Bible says wait patiently upon the Lord until you know he has heard from you. How's your prayer life? We sit down, we say something real quick, we go on about, God, here's my want list and here's what I need. See you later. Do you know prayer to me, like reading the Bible, isn't just about getting answers or just about learning the Bible? I believe both of those is meant for you to spend time with God. You were created to walk with God, to fellowship with God. God made someone like himself so that he could spend time with someone like himself. And so he made mankind. So what God really wants out of your life isn't... God doesn't need anything you have. This whole money thing is about you having an opportunity to show God the best we know how. I do love you. In obedience, it's simply that. Let me do what God said. Well, doesn't he know what's going on? Why did he let this happen? God is trying to prove you to you and so that you can say God works. God does work in my life. So wait patiently. Why doesn't Christianity seem to, excuse me, <coughs> seem to work for some? Some will not wait upon the Lord. He just won't. He will not wait. You run up against a wall and that's it. I'm done. I've got to get out of here. I've got to find another way to go until they hear from God. Number three, look at verse number two. Verse number two, the very first part there. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay. Do you remember? Do you remember where God found you? Now, I know some of you, everything was going good. You're not really sure why you needed to be saved. Well, you have a lot of learning to do. Remember where God found you? While you were waiting patiently until God to hear from you, while you're waiting on that, something that will help you is if you will simply go, look up here, look up here, if you'll simply stop right there, quit trying to hurry and make a decision, and remember where God found you. I mean in detail. I am surprised at how many people can't even remember the day they got saved. You know, I'm not really sure where it happened. I, I'm sure it happened, though. How do you know that? I don't remember the date. I don't remember the place. I don't remember anything about the weather, but I'm sure I got saved. How many people in here are born in the flesh? Let me see. That would be everybody. Uh, there we go. Now, let me ask you something. Have you ever seen your birth certificate? Yeah, okay. Come on, class. Let's participate. Okay. That, there's a piece of paper. Now, when I was born, they would take your footprint, put it on the back, right? What do you mean, huh? Okay, there wouldn't have been enough room for yours, Shannon. They took a piece of paper, they watched, they filled in the date, the time, your parents' name, everything, how much you weighed on mine. They also put very good looking kit, they put that on mine. And then on the back they took ink, right off the back, stuck it on my foot, put on that piece of paper. I know for a lot of reasons that I have been born as a human being. Number one. Number two, I have a date, a time, a place, and I have a signature of authority that says this guy was really born into this world. Now, that amazes me how you don't know the greatest birth that can ever take place is your second birth being born again.
again. And somehow you don't remember. Look, I remember the guy who was, was preaching that night. I remember it was during the just the congregational singing how God was smiting my heart. I remember where my brother was sitting. I remember where my future brother-in-law, this guy I didn't know, sitting beside me. I remember how I went to the altar. I remember he just stood up and pointed like that. I remember all of that. By the way, I was on drugs. And you can't remember when you got saved, where you got saved, or exactly what happened. Are you sure you're saved? Because on days like this, when nothing's making sense, you need to remember where God found you. And if you're not sure he ever found you, I guess you don't have much to remember. I do. I love to remember that day. I love to tell people about how I got saved. I'm not fond about my old life, but it just goes to show you that it reached way down for me. I am not the ideal biblical way of serving the Lord. He is. Mom and dad loved the Lord, served God all their life, had this little kid who's very sick, by the way. I'm making fun, but he's very sick. That's the way God intended it. Most of us are an absolute show of God's grace. God did not come to, a physician does not need, a, a, a sick healthy person does not need a physician. Sick people do. Jesus came looking to help us. And he reached way down for people like me. So I have a lot to remember. And when things don't go right, one of the greatest things you can do is go back in your mind. Just like it says right here, he brought me out of a horrible pit. Can I have a witness? Anybody been brought out of a horrible pit? How about, how, about, how about the miry clay? Yeah, that's just filth and sin and you were going down and you were just about going under and God came along and pulled you up out of that. And you mean to tell me you don't have anything to remember? Oh, come on. We have things that we ought to be remembering. You have to understand something here. You deserve what? Well, I, you deserve what? You have a right to what? Where are you getting this stuff at? Listen, some Christians, uh, this is not the speech of a sinner saved by grace. I deserve. I ought to have. Why is this? You are a sinner on your way to hell saved by the grace of God. And now all of a sudden when something's not quite going right, you think you're going to hold God to the wall and make him answer you? How about just going back in your mind and going, and I remember the day that the Lord saved me. All of heaven came down. I was happy and free. Well, glory filled my soul. Amen. Before you get to moving and taking off somewhere, how about just while God hasn't told you yet, just start remembering where he found you. Remember where he found you. Christianity doesn't work for some because they believe they deserve more than what's come their way. Please show me that in the Bible. You deserve more than what God has given you. Remember. Remember when your home was a mess? Your finances were embarrassing? Okay, I'm going to raise my hand to all of this. Okay. Children were rebelling. Okay, I had to put my hand down. But your marriage was sliding down. Some of his problems with the law. No peace. Always felt condemned guilty about something, lost, blind, lonely, nobody cared. You remember? Does it take you, mm, if it has to take you a, mm, something's wrong with you. You should not have to go back and try to remember. 
It should be right there on the edge of your heart at any given time in your memory banks. And when things begin to go bad and the storms are going all around, you're not sure if you're going to go on. Just start remembering where God found you and what he got you out. It shouldn't take you that long. It shouldn't take you that long. You listen to me. We've got a generation of young Christians who think everything ought to be handed to them. you got to get past that. You deserve hell. And look what God did for you. Who would have ever thought God would save me and then ask me to work for him? That's too good to remember. That's what God did for me. Verse number two. Remember where God has brought you to. Look at the second part of verse number two. And set my feet upon a rock and establish my goings. Isn't the Lord good to us? Who brought you the stability that you now have in your life? Please do not talk to me about, well, it's always kind of been. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear always kind of been. Okay, I don't even care if your name's Ben. I don't want to hear it. How about the peace you have in your life now? The direction, the calm. Boy, that's worth a lot right there, isn't it? The peace and the calm. How he blessed your marriage and your family. I mean, come on, let's Some of us had no idea what to do in marriage. How to raise kids. Most of them were accidents anyway, right? That's what we tell them. You know you're really not supposed to be here. My mom used to tell me that all the time. Made me feel real warm and fuzzy all over. My mom used to say, you know, most of you kids were accidents. I love you too, Mom. Good night. <laughs> Overcoming many of us addictions. Look how far God has brought you. It shouldn't take you that long to start making a list in your mind. It shouldn't just take you but just a moment or two to start thinking, man, God's been good to me. God daily has loaded me with benefits. I have got things I never thought I would have in my Look at the friends I've got. At one time, I had no friends. Now I have so many friends I don't get around to. You get upset with me. Yeah. Why would he not go all the way with you? He brought you when you were dead in sins, and he came and saved you out of the miry clay. Look where he's brought you to. Why in the world would he forsake you now? Because some troubles have come up in your life. Christianity does not work for some because, number one, they're too impatient and will not wait on God to work. God does not work when you when you tell him to. God works when he knows it's the right time to. God has his own timetable. You know, the Bible said when uh, Noah got off the ark, there would always be seasons. Now, I hear on the news all the time that we are actually, our temperature is above the normal for this time of year. See, some seasons last longer, some seasons are shorter. Some seasons are more harsh, some are not. Some of you think, did we even have a spring this year? Yeah, we did. We did. God said there will always be seasons from now on. The same thing in your Christian life. It can't always be 75 degrees and a slight breeze. I think that would be great. But you're talking about heaven, I think, not down here. And then sure enough, winter's going to hit with a fury. And you're going to think to yourself, I ain't going to church. It's too cold out here. And besides that, Jim Ganahl said, if you don't have to go out, don't go out. And I believe that guy. The preacher said, now, come on, let's go to church. But no, no, you believe Jim Ganahl. And by the way, if those guys ever got paid for how many times they were right, they'd go broke. I want a job where I can tell people what I think is going to happen, and it doesn't at least 50% of the time, and I still get paid. I think that's great. Number two, do not 
pray and keep, I'm sorry, do pray and keep at it until you know God hears you. Number three, the reason Christianity doesn't work for some, they forgot in detail. You need to just stop. Go all the way back to that very night, that morning, in that house, at that altar, wherever it was, at that college, wherever you were. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. No, 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 slow down, slow down. Go back in detail. Feelings, emotions, thoughts. Who was there? Where was that at? Remember when God first talked to you and you went, this guy's talking in my head, I think. Remember that? Remember how it shot? What is going on? And you got to thinking to yourself, that preacher knows everything I've ever done. What is, what is he, how does he know that? Remember those days? Remember that? Go back in detail and start talking to yourself about where God found you and then where God brought you to. Oh, my goodness. If you're a part of the Anchor Baptist Church and you're in America, stop your complaining. What is there to complain about? Look, I don't care much for Biden either. Nancy Pelosi, if I had to look at her another year, I think I would gag. However, I'm not going to give up on God because they're in authority right now. You want, by the way, you want to know what their problem is? They need to be saved. You thought I was going to say shot, didn't you? No, no, they need to be saved. Because if they get shot, they're going to hell. Not because they're Democrats. No, because they're unsaved. Now, for all you liberals, there's a whole bunch of Republicans that'll probably die and go to hell too, and I don't want that either. You're not going to heaven because you're a Republican. That's true, John. John said, man, I thought for sure. No, John, that's not the way it works. Number four, they have not measured how far God has brought them. Look at verse number three. They'll not learn new songs about God and praise him. You got so caught up in your hurt and your misunderstanding and what you don't like and what you deserve. Wait, where's your song? Wait, look what it says, chapter, verse number three. And he put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust the Lord. Now, right there, you talk about soul winning. A lot of it, people aren't getting saved because they're busy watching you hate your Christianity. Well, I guess we have to go. Preacher will talk about us if we don't. Don't come here and listen to me talk about you. Even when you're not here, I talk about you. It's no big deal. It does not say here in verse number three, soft, soothing music. I'm not against that. I listen to it all the time. In my office, I, I have my own little electric uh, fish tank over on the side. You know, you've seen it. And I, I play this uh, new age myth. Oh, no, not our preacher. Oh, no. That's not what he's talking about here. That's not what he's talking about at all. It does not say old songs you used to enjoy before you got saved. They just do something for probably the wrong thing. It does not say country and western will help your spirit. It won't. How can you talk about whoring around drinking and your dog has fleas and somehow that's going to bring you closer to the Lord? Jazz will not lift your soul closer to God. Contempt.
contemporary Christian music will not move you closer to godliness. Never will. Never will. Look at me and read my lips. Contemporary Christian music will not move you closer. Are you, can I just, are you, are you sure you're saved? Are you sure that you're saved? Do you have a new life of Christ inside you? Do you have that? Are you a new creature in Christ? Do you have a Holy Spirit living inside of you? Yes. Then feed that new man. That new man is starving to death for something that's spiritual. And you think by coming to church and letting me read a few verses in the Bible to you is going to do it. He's starving to death. This is why we struggle so much in our everyday life. If, if some of you did not eat any more than you read the Bible, you'd die of starvation. It's a great weight loss program for Baptists, that's for sure. The spiritual man, the Christ-like man, you need to feed him with new songs, new songs, uh, like the song he was trying to sing tonight. And you didn't help him a bit. You just watch him struggle. He don't know what he's doing, does he? Yeah, next time I'll have you come up here and do that. The way of the cross leads home. Let's go. I must needs go home by the way of the cross. There's no other cross uh, home but this. God wants us to learn new songs. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. That'll lift you up a little bit. How about the old rugged cross? Oh, those same old songs. You know something? You could become a new recovering fundamentalist. And you could sing all kinds of new songs. Yeah. Love Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, love Jesus. See, I know it's a Christian song because I said Jesus. Or him. To him. I serve the living Savior in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. You know that song? Oh, look at you. Look at you singing already at Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. You know that song? You know that song? Huh? That new man inside of me going, hey, I feel better already. Oh, how I love Jesus. There is a name I love to. Oh, you do. I love to sing its word. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name already. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Why? That's exactly right. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Shall never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Ready? Oh, what a wonderful one. Yeah, that was true. You know the song. With joy I am telling, he made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled. Look, honey, I'm signing up here. You got that? Okay. I will guarantee you a Christian who walks out on God has forgotten songs that delight the soul. You cannot listen to hillbilly music. I don't care if you're a hillbilly or not. Well, black people like listening to rap. 
that is sinful, wicked, I don't care. By the way, Eminem was a white guy. That's not Mike Knowledge. There you go. He was a white guy. He was a white rapper. Now, you're not shaking your head. Dave Christian's like this. I'm as innocent as the driven snow preacher. I don't know anything about stuff like that. God bless you, David. Now, I, I've never understood that. How do you call that sin? Turn me on. Hey, hey, pay attention. Are you asleep? Hey, you messed me up. My timing's all off now. Okay, I got it. Jesus. Boom. too loud for you? There, 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 hello, hello, don't, don't turn me, you leave me. There's some knucklehead that drives a car or a Jeep or something over here. I can hear him all the way down the block. That poor guy's going to be deaf by next year. And somehow he believes everybody else wants to hear what he's playing. I go over to the car, well, it's just me, I shouldn't do stuff like this. They turn on that music. And first of all, I go to a place where I, I, I can be by myself and won't wipe down my car. Sure enough, got this whole place to park. You go two paces from me and open up all your doors and start playing your music. I have a Bose stereo system in my car. I got more speakers than I have in my home. I just plug in. that thing all up before it. No? You just get mad, let them have their way. Not me, buddy. You turn mine up. Open up all the doors. Oh, yeah, open them all up. Open up my hatchback on the back. Speakers in the back. It's like Jesus on, on Mount Sinai. second part of this. They have forgotten their influence they have on others. You're being watched. You're being watched as you patiently go through trials. You're being watched. You're being watched. You listen to me carefully. You're being watched when you tell others God is good. Now they're going to watch you. And they have a right to. And they should. You're being watched as you give your testimony of how good God is and how he brought your family through so much and your old friends know how you used to be and now they're going to watch you. They're going to watch you. And when we walk out on a living God, we are telling them, don't get saved. Christianity doesn't always work for everybody. You just told them it didn't work for me. Oh, it was working for you? Why'd you quit? Why'd you walk out? This is what happens all the time. Why should they turn to Jesus? It didn't work for you. Every time you quit and take a hiatus out in the world somewhere for about a year, then you come back. I'm back, preacher. Why did you leave to begin with? Why? By the way, has it ever dawned on you? It just gets worse every time you do that. It never gets any better. You come back with more baggage than you ever had before in your life. When you go through trials, 
Why should they turn to Jesus? When you go through trials and times when it doesn't make any sense, when patiently you trust the Lord, when there's no human reason, why? Don't you understand the world is watching you, trying to decide, is it worth serving Jesus? Does Christianity really work? And when we quit, they're saying this, I thought they were a pretty good Christian. didn't work for them. So why should I try? So the next time you decide to walk off and not do anything, just remember you're being watched. Remember those people you said pray for? I can't tell you how often somebody showed up at this church and I said, may I ask who invited you? Yeah, they're, um, well, I don't see them here right now, but they used to drive the bus and they stopped by my house. I don't want to tell them they don't come here anymore. You think you can just walk away and not have an effect? You can't do that. People are watching you. This is what the world is looking for, a life that has real substance, real power, real reality, something that works. They're looking for something that works. They don't even know what it is yet, but they've got their eye on you because you said you know Jesus Christ. And they're looking at you saying, okay, well, let's watch this. They have a right to watch you. Sinners do not turn to God when we have turned away from God. But I would beg if you're here tonight and you're not saved, do not take it out on Jesus Christ because what you see up here. That's not right. I know it happened. That's not right. Christianity works when you follow the instructions and you work it. I never said Christianity was easy. It's just right. Nobody said it was easy. By the way, this is not that tough to follow. It's awful hard to live sometimes. But God did say, I can't understand the Bible. Show me. You just not spend enough time. Now, living it, you may have to actually go through the valley of hell if you're not careful. But it doesn't mean it cannot be done. You know what we need to do? Christianity works, and you know it. When you're living for the Lord, you know it works. I didn't say salvation. I said Christianity. You know what the world needs to see? The world needs to see Christianity works. You need to see it in your life. I'm just telling you right now, quit making excuses. When you quit, walk away. And by the way, when you don't go to church and you don't read your Bible and you don't tithe and you don't soul win and you don't show up when you're supposed to, no, you do not love the Lord anymore. Quit telling people that. Well, just because I'm not going to church and reading my Bible and talking to other people doesn't mean I don't love the Lord. That's exactly what it means. You don't love the Lord. Quit fooling yourself. You do not love the Lord. You just walked away from the person you're supposed to be in love with. So don't say you love the Lord. Not a woman in here would fall for that. Honey, I'm going to be gone for several months, maybe a year and a half or two years. And I'm I'm, I'm not going to show up and I'm going to do everything wrong. And I'm not going to stop by that, but I want you to know I love you and you believe me, right? There's not a woman in here go, oh, yeah, honey, I know you still love me. That's, that's not true. Yet we think people should believe that when we talk about the Lord. I don't go to church. I don't tithe. I don't give any offerings. I've never witnessed anybody. I never bring anybody to church. I've changed everything I do to be more worldly. And you tell people, hey, that doesn't mean I don't love the Lord. That's exactly what it means. You do not love the Lord. Quit lying to yourself. You see, we have way too many people falling by the wayside. It's not necessary. I didn't say it wasn't, it, it, was, it wasn't hard. It is. At times, it's almost unbearable. I just agreed with you. 
for over 51 years. There have been dozens and dozens of times I just want to die. I don't think so. Too much loss, too much friends, too much hurt, too much heartbreak, too much watching life destroyed. I, I just, I, I'm not sure I want to do it. And then I think about this. I think about what he did for me, where he has brought me from. Somewhere along the line, I catch, I catch a song that you got to have in your car all the time. Quit doing the, 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 the button change or whatever, you know, the memory thing. I did for you. Could I actually go out to your car right now and turn the radio on? Would that be okay? any new country and western singer. I just remember Tammy Why Not, Furlong Husky, Charlie's Pride. That's all I remember. My mom used to listen to them all the time. I said all that because oh, Molly Holly, oh my goodness. You just totally loved that. Dare I say it? Father, thank you for that. 